Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. So I'm just training for the marathon. Wait a minute. Oh, there's a shorts. Nobody's going to wear on the top. I have no idea. 39,000 people have registered for the marathon for today. So good luck you lot. Hope it's going to go well. Frankly, it leaves me cold. I can't bear the marathon. I like the music and I like the idea that people pound the streets. But to be honest with you, it's caused total disruption to my life. So this morning I came in on the night bus. I mean, I can't begin to tell you what an interesting experience it is. But the worst experience, walking through Piccadilly Circus at about 20 to 4 in the morning. Now, that's pretty scary. Any single women out there who are drunk... I mean, really, there's so many predatory people out there, it's a bit of a worry. How many police officers? Three. Three. What blooming use are they going to be if anything kicks off? Answer, absolutely nothing at all. Perhaps the others are hiding around the corner, getting ready for the marathon. Yeah. There's going to be road closures all over the place. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. So I, I parked a little way away, came in on the night bus, and luckily I got to the bus stop, which is about a minute away from where I parked the car, and, um, and I looked up at the little the moving lights little LEDs, and it goes Trafalgar Square, one minute. And I thought, well, that's good. And then I was aware of this figure who sort of came around the corner behind me, a young person, about 22, long hair, uh, looking a little bit the worst way. Excuse me, mate. They all start off like that. Excuse me, mate. Uh, Oh, have you got the Sunday Times Rich List in there, Chris? Have you got that? Have we not got it? Are they sort of hanging on to it for some reason? Let's try and find a copy of it. But, um, no... Yeah, I've got the paper. I didn't get the magazine either. Perhaps they're, perhaps they're making us buy it. Shant. Shant. Yeah. OK. Uh, so, anyway, so he said, excuse me, mate. And I thought, well, here we go. This is how it all starts, isn't it? You've got, you've got the money for a bus fare. And uh, so he said, I'm not gonna ask, I don't want any money. He said, uh, he said, I'm a bit drunk. And I said, oh, right. You know, because I'm a fairly benevolent sort of person. I understand what drunks look like. And he said, and, and I'm a bit stoned. I, I, right, OK. And he said, and I don't know where I am. <laughs> and I said, you're on the Euston Road. And he went, am I? He said, where's that? I said, London. Oh, right. And uh, he said, oh. I said, where are you going to? He said, I'm going to Edmonton. He said, um, can I get a bus from here? Well, of course, I haven't got the faintest idea. Don't get asking me. So I said, I don't think so. I said, but what you could do is get a bus from here, which could probably take you into town, which could then take you on to Edmonton. Now, there might be people better educated than I am on the bus system. Anyway, the bus turns up and the bus driver doesn't have the faintest idea. Not a clue. Not a clue where you go to, uh, to get a bus from Edmonton. He just sort of pointed him in the direction of, uh, of the station. Which I thought was a fat lot of use at that time of the morning. But uh, hopefully he'll have, he'll have got home in sort of one piece. Or sort of half of one piece or something like that. All very bizarre. And then walking through, as I say, Piccadilly Circus was like a war zone. I mean, seriously, taxi drivers. Black taxi drivers taking drunks, clutching food. I didn't think you were supposed to take food in the back of black taxis. It's, I mean, you know, you stand a very good chance of these people throwing up, which takes the, uh, the cab off the road for the night. I wouldn't want to be out there at this time of the world. I wouldn't want to work it. Ghastly. Ghastly. 84850 oh, Steve at, uh, at Um I, I, I quite like the idea that Prince has been cremated already. They've had an autopsy. Uh, they're, they're going to release that probably next week. I'd heard he was HIV. Because uh, Prince, as you know, swung both sides of the fence. Uh, whether or not he'd... I mean, I looked at a picture. All the pictures that we see of Prince are of the early pictures. If you look at a picture of him back in December, he didn't look at all well. 
And uh, so he was found dead in the lift. They don't think there were any suspicious circumstances. He might have been HIV. I have no idea. Not a clue. And as I say, and I said on Friday, I wasn't remotely interested in Prince anyway. I'm only interested in people that I know about. And Prince was not somebody I knew anything about. I didn't buy the music. Didn't really care. Seriously, I mean, it sounds very harsh, isn't it, really? But, if, you know, it's like if somebody else dies in another country and I'm not a fan of their music, why would I worry about it? I don't care. But, uh, but they've managed to condense him down from five foot two... Uh, to um, to a small bag, which, of course, will be a, a pot in there. And then, presumably, they will go and scatter the ashes somewhere. I think it's a picture of his sister. She looked, she looked as though she was on another planet. Seriously, another planet. My friend Ian's working over in America. It's all a bit of a life change. He likes America. He's, he's OK with American. He does American because he's been over there no end of times. And, uh, and he's now got a job over there. And so it must be all a bit new because other friends of mine, as you know, Chris and Steve, have gone to live in Spain. So they were selling their house here. Uh, they've just bought their first car in Spain, which comes with British plates. They bought it from Slovakia. It was delivered on the back of a low loader. Uh, and it's got English plates on it because it's easier to change from English to Spanish than Slovakian to Spanish. Don't ask me how that works. But they're over there. The weather's not too bad. The cat's having a little bit of a strange day out because it's not used to being... It's used to the front door opening and it going out because you open onto a corridor in the flat that they're in. But they're having a nice time there. Uh, Ian is at a, a station event uh, later on today because he's working on a radio station and, uh, and they've got lots of, uh, lots of bands and everything else. Now, I know that he can hear this, this programme um, because, he, because of the time difference. I think he catches me just before he sort of uh, uh, climbs into bed. So, but I don't know what time it is over there. So if he's going to bed, I don't know what time he goes to bed. It might be 11 o'clock or something like that. He says, uh, lots of uh, chat about Doctor Who, Downton Abbey and fish and chips with listeners at this event. I had fish and chips yesterday. Went out to my favourite pub, which is in Essex. And, I mean, it really, it's, I, I thought the food was really good. And I'm, I'm really not that impressed by food in pubs. I promise you, generally speaking, it's not of the best quality. It's OK, but this particular one, the Fox and Goose, we like it. And, of course, the fact that the car park is full most of the time is testament. Because I think people in Essex, like anywhere else, we're a bit fussy, aren't we? And so if you go out somewhere and you have a dreadful meal in a pub, you don't go there again. You really don't go there again. But I bought a couple of candles at a, at a garden centre just over the road from there. And they look like wine bottles. One's a red wine bottle, one's a white wine bottle. But they're, they're candles. The whole thing is a candle. So I'm, I'm going to test them and see how they go. So I said to the bloke, I said, I'm not going to light it. It's going to collapse, is it? There's this solid one. I didn't know what it was, whether it was solid or not. So, uh, so that was yesterday and it was lovely. And the weather actually turned out to be quite nice. This morning, cold. This morning, very, very cold. What it's like over in America... I don't know. But uh, Doctor Who, they made an announcement, didn't they? They made a big thing about they were going to do it in the middle of the football or something like that. And I thought, who cares? It's Doctor Who. This isn't, you know, Dallas or Dynasty or anything like that. Doctor Who, they're going to announce it half-time at some football game. Who cares? Who cares? Some woman you've never heard of gets a job as the new Doctor Who assistant. Why is this, is this of any interest to anybody? I mean, obviously the BBC tried to overhype their own things. Uh, Downton Abbey, of course, we know all about because this evening at nine o'clock, if you missed it yesterday morning, and you're in big trouble, uh, is um, Julian Fellows, who of course uh, was responsible for Gosford Park and Downton Abbey, and it's such a good in conversation. Uh, Don Cheadle as well. 
is with us. That's nine o'clock this evening. It uh, it goes out, first of all, between six and seven on a Saturday morning. So if you can't manage it between six and seven, and many of you probably can't, then you have to catch it this evening at nine o'clock on LBC. And download it as well. It's available as a uh, as a download. So I bought a fan the other day. It's a clip-on fan. As you probably know, or you probably don't know, uh, in my bathroom... I like a fan. Don't ask me why. It clips on a shelf that is above the mirror and it's plugged into a a hidden plug socket, which is located inside the wall. And um, and so I I, I buy lots of... I leave them on 24 hours a day. So they generally last me about six to nine months before they just sort of grind to a halt. And they're only about six quid. So I bought this one today. And it's the first time I've ever looked at the instructions. I don't normally look at the instructions. I'm quite well aware of how to clip a fan on. You've got to put it together. It comes in two parts. The fan with the plug and then the little crocodile-type plastic clippy thing that goes with it. And so the instructions for this Pro Breeze. Bought it from Amazon. It's been been sold by Amazon. I bought that and I bought some, some mop heads as well. It's a six-inch clip fan. Uh, Pro Breeze. Read and save these instructions. Well, I didn't need to because I understand how it works. The only thing I was slightly concerned at was note... It's on the bottom of the first page. The children and mentally retarded groups must be accompanied by guardian used hereby warned. I'm assuming it's made in China and somebody's translation is not very good. So note. The children and mentally retarded groups must be accompanied by guardian used hereby warned. I don't even understand what that means. I'm assuming the sort of, you know, don't stick your fingers in there. And if you're a mentally retarded group, as they seem to call them, uh, then you shouldn't go anywhere near it either. What an odd thing, isn't it? Have you ever heard of such a thing? The strangest thing that you could ever sort of uh, ever read. I thought it was most bizarre. Most bizarre. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Everything we weave in because it is Sunday morning. And don't forget, it's, uh, it's Sunday. And you know what happens Sunday, don't you? Apart from Andrew Castle. It's Katie Hopkins again, and I know you love Katie Hopkins. I know you're all big fans of Katie Hopkins. Even those people who don't like Katie Hopkins listen to her all the time, which makes me absolutely die laughing. We absolutely have the uh, have the best have the best time when Katie Hopkins is here because she says something, and then immediately people react. You think, but if you don't like her and you've been writing horrible things about her, when she loves that, incidentally, uh, why would you still be listening? Unless you're a simpleton, and the chances are. They're probably simpletons. Uh, cold calling is going to face huge fines. Lovely. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Hello. I'm calling from the bank. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering... Oh, go away. Uh, Prince Charles goes to Stratford. I can't help feeling, as they show him around the Bard's uh, place, and they show him... Has he never been there before? He's 60-something, and he's never been to Stratford-upon-Avon before. What's he been doing, apart from talking to plants? It's all very worrying. Uh, William and Harry could be in the next Star Wars film. They think they filmed a bit with them as stormtroopers. I mean, how old are they? I mean, you know, are, are they sort of pretending to be adults, but they're not really adults? Harry, in this picture in one of the papers today, is sitting in the middle. You've got Obama talking animatedly to William. Le- William looks like he's glazed over. Because, I mean, you imagine, Prince William, you're going to be talking to uh, the head of the United States of America, the president. Uh, about, about what? I don't know, he might talk about your hair loss or something. I don't know. I think he's going to talk about world affairs. You think William's got the faintest idea? Unfortunately not. Neither William nor Harry is of the intelligence level to talk to the, to the President of the United States of America. So Kate's talking to uh, Barack Obama's uh, wife, Michelle. So I'm assuming that they, they could talk about fashion. In the meanwhile, on a chair, all by himself, talking to nobody, is Prince Harry staring into the distance. 
It's a bit dreary, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, what else we got? Uh, we've got Kerry Katona's dreary story continues. She pictures up on the television the other day that... Sorry. <sighs> She's very, very upset. Very, very upset at the death of David Guest because he was apparently like a father to her. Don't be stupid, dear. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Never mentioned you, actually. Funny that, isn't it? And also, so close, but you never spoke for the 48 hours prior to his death. So, more baloney from Kerry Katona. But anyway, the good news is that uh, even though she appears not to have any money, she's having another tattoo done as a tribute to him. I'm sure he'll be thrilled, dear. Another chav with no talent whatsoever sticks his uh, his moniker on there. He was an odd person, so odd person. She's fairly peculiar, so they seem to be well-matched, don't they, really? Uh, Barbara's farewell to EastEnders. They filmed. They filmed Barbara's going and uh, looked a million dollars. She did. Looked a million dollars. But they've got the uh, the ghost... I notice the ghost of Pat watching on. It's a, it's a double. It's a double. It's not uh, not her at all. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper to be probed by police over 14 historic attacks. And Alex Reed. You remember Alex Reed, don't you? No, you probably don't, actually, because nobody else does. Alex Reed uh, was apparently a cage fighter. Hilarious. And um, he was a cross-dresser. Even more hilarious when she made him dress up as his alter ego, whose name I cannot remember. Anyway, uh, she uh, she marries. I think she marries him. This is Katie Price. But then she marries so many other different people, doesn't she? And uh, then it all went pear-shaped. And then, I mean, he never had a career beforehand. So I don't know why he's boring the pants off us now. He doesn't have a career now. He's £400,000 in debt and he reckons he's going to go back cage fighting. I mean, to be honest with you, he has a child to support and he's 400,000 in debt. These people should be taken out and, and surgically castrated. Why is he having children when you've got no money to support it? That's what I find disturbing. If you're going to have a child, you make sure that you've got enough money to help it through life. He's got nothing and yet he's got a child. Disgraceful piece of work. Disgraceful. 16 minutes past... Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. Sunday morning, if you're getting ready for the marathon, you are probably up, actually, and you're probably sort of doing exercises. I think it starts about 8.30. 39,000 of you pounding the streets. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm having a quick... Should we try it? Should we just see what the weather is for uh, today? I, I had heard... Actually, yesterday, we got hailstones. I don't know if you got hailstones where you were. We sat there, we went to, um... What did we go to? Chelmsford. My God, there's a lot of chavs in Chelmsford recently. There were some very odd people. Lots of women in tracksuits. Well, you know, we don't encourage that, especially if you're tubby. If you're tubby and you wear a tracksuit, you look even worse. So try not to wear them, OK? Because it doesn't... You know, I don't think people are going to be looking at you going, you look as though you're a fit person. I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. So we went there and we had, uh, we had a sort of a good look around. Do you know, it's funny, we were looking... Um, uh, for a particular outfit, not for me, but for the mother of my godchildren, she was just looking for some nice blouses. Well, if we went into one clothes shop, what a dreary lot of clothes are on sale. Marks and Spencers, boring. Uh, next, boring. Top shop, boring. I mean, literally every single one of these shops we went into, Evans, there were dreary fashions for you ladies. Seriously, most of when we went at what was the one shop we went into? We went into one shop, and I, I stood outside, I, went, I said, you won't find anything in there, look at it. It looks like it's come back from the 70s. Old, paisley-type prints. It looked cheap and horrible. I didn't, I, we only saw one clothes shop where the actual clothes looked, looked quite nice. The rest of the time, they looked absolutely awful. I mean, really, we walked in and out of shops, and there were five of us, six of us, and, um, and we, sort of, we were sort of like a little troop wandering round, and we were looking at it going, this is rubbish. 
The quality is diabolical. Small wonder, even in Primark, you know, and a lot of old tat. I was really disappointed. Mind you, thank God I don't need to buy women's clothing. Well, not just yet, anyway. And if I do, it's my business. Still can't get over, and you can't get over, the uh, the instruction manual from this pro-breeze fan sold by Amazon. Note, the children and mentally retarded groups must be accompanied by guardian used hereby warned. In other words, if, if you're mentally retarded, which, of course, is... I mean, that comes from the Dark Ages, doesn't it? Do people say that? No, of course they don't. They do on this fan, though. Of course, the excuse could be for Amazon that this, this fan instruction was done a long time ago, you know, back before we became, you know, sort of people who knew how to address people properly. And uh, Anna says, I'm interested in politics. I'd love to meet Barack Obama. Well, I'm sure you can probably have a better conversation than Prince William and Harry. Uh, Annie says, I'm not sure what Charles made of it, but the street part of Stratford, Shakespeare's Festival, very tacky, but very good fireworks. <laughs> yes, I like good fireworks. I'm very good uh, with fireworks. I love fireworks. I really do, actually. Um, Steve, if you notice that any of Kerry's friends are booked with the same management company. Well, actually, they're not. She's with... Um, well, she was with Can, wasn't she? I don't know whether she's with Can at the moment. But, you know, so she goes on this one. I mean, she's dragging out a feeble, pathetic existence. You know, I was best friends with David Guest, like, like everybody was. I'm sure that 90% of you listening to the, uh, to the programme this morning were also best friends with David Guest. Because, as you know, once somebody's dead, you can say anything you like about it. He used to phone me all the time. and said, David, go away, you boring little so-and-so, and put the phone down on him. And so she's going to have a tattoo done. Well, isn't that riveting, isn't it? Once, once a chav, always a chav. You're never going to elevate yourself. And, of course, if she's practically scraping herself off the, uh, off the, the U-bend in the toilet at the moment regards finances, it's not going to get any better, is it? The only, the only way she can try and make any more money is by finding somebody to marry her who, who she can then get rid of after a while but actually trouser the money. There's no other way, actually. No other way to do it. I mean, what else can she do? She can't have any more children. It's getting ridiculous. If she has many more and starts, you know, losing more, they're going to be taken into care if she's not careful. Absolutely ridiculous. And um, Tricia says, I'm very fed up with my dreadful cough. My goddaughter's got it as well. She's got it. And that's for the reason I didn't go down there last weekend. And, uh, oh, it's horrible. It's like a... It's not a hacking cough. It's a tickly cough. But I tell you what you need, and it's called Sanderson's. Now, it's uh, a throat gargle. You don't drink it. It's like an orange liquid in a bottle. And I, can't, I think it might be called throat medication or something, whatever it is. This, that was the only thing that worked for me. I tried everything. And I suddenly realised that the more things you try, the throat sprays, the chloroseptics, the this, the that, and the streps, nothing seemed to work. Because what you've got to do is soothe the throat. It's the throat that gets dry. And you'll probably notice that overnight when you go to bed. The throat gets very dry and it starts tickling. And, and then you have this hacking cough that goes on the top of it. And it can last for ages. So this stuff that I tried, it, I'm sure... Type in on Amazon Sanderson's cough mixture. But it's not a cough mixture. It's like an embrocation. And you gargle it for a few minutes. And, um, and then you leave it. You sort of spit it out. And it seemed to work for me. Now, I only say that because I think that all these medications are different with different people. I think they're actually different things. So I've used certain medications that people have said, well, that didn't work for me. And I've said, well, actually, it worked for me. I don't know why it worked for me. It just seems to be perfect. And this Sanderson stuff, which you gargle, I thought was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. But that's just for me. It might not work for many of you. It might work for somebody, I should imagine. Uh, Steve, I've just got in after a 14-hour shift. This is Mark. Now, you remember Mark? Mark used to go out doing knocking on doors, reclaiming cars and the such like. And he's now driving a black cab. And he says, I'm having a McDonald's breakfast. So if you've done a 14-hour shift, Mark, 
How much money you make? I bet you won't tell me. I bet you won't tell me. How much money do you make on a 14-hour shift? We were talking about this the other day on, on some, something else. Somebody was talking, what was the job we were talking about? And I said, how much money did that person, how much money do you make? Oh, that's right. It was somebody as a, as a fitness trainer. As a trainer. How much money do you make as a trainer? And somebody said, well, during the summer, you don't make very much at all. You make it in January, February. Why do you make it January, February? Because everybody goes out and eats over Christmas. Everybody eats to excess. And then, and then you sort of, you, you want to lose it. So you go and get a personal trainer. The trouble is, personal trainers are very lucky people. They don't need to worry too much about it. Paul Cooper had one in the shop the other day. He's really nice, but you can tell. But, I mean, you don't have to look at him to realise he's a personal trainer. A, a, he wears sort of a dark Nike tracksuit. And everybody who's a personal trainer wears a dark Nike tracksuit with the name of the gym emblazoned on the back. B, he buys, you know, fresh spinach and stuff like that. He's buying all the, all the healthy things. Uh, whereas me... I didn't. Although, actually, Friday night, I normally... Well, I say normally. I normally have a bit of a blowout. I sort of think to myself, it's the end of the week. I'd had a, I'd had a very nice week. It was very, very nice. And the good news is that we get paid tomorrow. We, we, we like the idea of being paid tomorrow because it's going to be the 25th and we get paid on the 25th. And I think I've got a few interviews this week for In Conversation. Uh, one of them will be Johnny Vegas. And one of them is not Johnny Vegas. So we'll do that this week. And uh, I've got to get the car in because I need some uh, engine coolant. So, uh, so we shall sort that out. And, uh, and I wanted to have Kentucky Fried Chicken on the Friday night. And yesterday, had I not had such a big lunch, I had a starter, which was garlic uh, ciabatta with cheese on the top. It was quite delicious. Quite delicious. And, um, and then after that, I had the haddock. And then somebody said, I took a picture of my haddock and I put it up on Twitter. And somebody said, it's got a tail. I went, it's a fish. What do you think it's got? It's got a tail. How stupid are you? It's got, why has it got a tail? It's a fish. Fish have got tails. Lord above. Bumped into my friend Stuart as well from Sandy's the other day. My friend Paul knows, uh, knows Stuart, so that's quite nice. And uh, what else do we have over the week? Yeah, so by the time I got back to Twickenham yesterday, I was so full... I couldn't have eaten anything at all. I watched a little bit of a of a film on television, and then I thought, I'm going to bed. I climb into bed and zonk, I'm out for the count. But I knew today I was going to have to park the car a little bit away from the centre of town because of 39,000 people pounding the streets. Dun, 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 And I like that. Uh, they are, you see, Mark says, ha-ha, not telling. I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. But I, I reckon it's more than doing uh, enforcement. What do you reckon, eh? Am I right? I thought so. Never, all my friends who are cab drivers, they never ever tell me how much they earn. It's funny, isn't it, really? I wonder why that would be. If you've done 14 hours, it must have been very lucrative. It's either that or you really didn't pick up any fares at all and you had to work the 14 hours. Uh, the other Danny Cohen says, as you know, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I find myself in agreement as ever with you. I can't understand why in the half-time break we're presented with the reveal of the new companion. What's the point? Doctor Who will not be back on TV until Christmas. Christmas! As the producer has so much work, he can't write the next series yet. If you uh, said that to the bosses, we'd all be sacked. Yes, can you imagine, is it? And he said, much love and perplexed about how television is made. I'm equally perplexed by it. Why did they seriously think... What, what buffoon at the BBC, you know, with their head firmly stuck up their rear end, imagine that the country is going to go, oh, who is the new Doctor Who assistant? Who cares? I couldn't care. I couldn't care less if the Cybermen came down and annihilated the whole blooming lot of them. I'm not bothered. I'll tell you else I wasn't bothered about, and I don't know why. And I feel a bit guilty telling you this because I know it's going to upset a lot of fans. But I did buy the Star Wars film, 
What a pile of rubbish. I seriously, I mean, at one point, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I've started watching it three times now. I've sort of watched a bit and then I've, I've lost the will to live. It's all very nice. The special effects are lovely. The Millennium Falcons or whatever they've got are really super. The droid in it is very nice indeed. But it's just pants. It's like dragging out a feeble storyline. Darth Vader is not Dave Prowse. And Dave Prowse was big. This one looks as if you'd be a, he'd fall over. The stormtroopers always look fairly good. There's a, there's a very sweaty guy who's dressed as a stormtrooper and he's helping out somebody else and they're trying to get there. And then there's a woman who's a bit feisty, as indeed they all turn out to be. But you know damn well by the end of it he'll have bedded her. It's as simple as she's got, you know, bed me now, please, but I'm going to pretend I'm really butch and strong. And so she's sort of there trying to protect the droid, which isn't hers, it was somebody else's. And I just, I just couldn't... Do you know, I don't know why I found myself not caring found myself not caring. I'm now looking forward, and I was waiting for that one to come in, because people said, oh, you'll love it, Steve, you'll love it. Because I like the original ones, I now think they've dragged it out so long, it's almost boring. And half the cars look a bit ancient and past it, but it's Darth Vader. He's got, it doesn't frighten me or anything like that. I just look at him and I think, God, you look like you'd be propping up a small bar in Old Compton Street any time soon. It's not good enough, is it? LBC News time for you. I know you're worrying about it. If you're pulling your little shorts on at the moment and checking that number on the front, OK? You'll be pounding the streets later. I was listening to somebody giving advice on the news, saying, you know, make sure you warn your trainers before. I can't believe any of these professional runners out there would ever even think about, you know, wearing trainers that you've only just bought the other day in JD's. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, yeah, pretty nice to have your uh, company this morning. Ron the cabbie says, I'm driving into London from Frinton, and it's chucking it down. I know. You see, I always think it's, you know, it's, uh, the people who pound the pavements for the marathon, it must be great when it rains a bit, but not if it's chucking it down and it's bitterly cold. That can't be much good to you, can it? Uh, Steve, I hate all the clothes around the moment. Dreadful colours and yet terrible quality. I'm just, ab- I was so amazed. I thought, I've got to talk about it this morning, because you ladies, and I know you go to Primark because you like the fact that it's cheap. That's why you're shopping there. You're not shopping there because it's the the forefront of fashion. You're shopping there because you can spend 50 quid and get a whole basket full of clothes. You get all sorts of things. But I looked at some of the things that Marks and Spencers were selling yesterday in Chelmsford. Leather, not leather, um, denim jackets, which look so ghastly. I was amazed that they were even on sale in there. I felt embarrassed for them. I thought Marks and Spencers were supposed to be fairly upmarket. And the stuff in the other shops, you went into one where it was discount, discount, discount. But the stuff looked like it had been a throwback from the 70s and 80s. You poor ladies, honestly. I mean, mind you, it's not much better in the men's department. I think, actually, Marks and Spencers can only do check shirts for men. I don't think they can do anything else at all. Anna likes Laura Ashley. Yeah, if you're prepared to spend a bit more money then uh, you can obviously buy sort of better quality things, but it's just terrible. Used to be, Steve, a couple of grand a week. This is, this is cabbing. But now, thanks to Uber, around 700. But at least we've got you to listen to. Yeah, it doesn't really help, though, does it, really? I mean, if you, if you go down from a couple of grand a week. So if you're looking at two grand a week, 8,000... So just, you're looking at, say, 90 grand a year, 96,000 pound a year. Take off the tax, pound, and uh, then you've got a little bit left. But if it jumps down to 700 pound a week... But I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what it is. It's because the police and, um, and the authorities in London allow illegal minicabbing to go on. Right under their noses. And the reason they do that is because it gets people off the street. They couldn't care less who they're actually getting into. Seriously. They're not remotely bothered whether it's an illegal minicab driven by a potential rapist or murderer or drug dealer, or whether it's a licensed cab. The, you, the, the, the licensed cab drivers will tell you exactly the same. They'll tell you exactly the same. I have a private hire vehicle, but that's, that's different because that's pre-booked. But they're supposed to be. I watch people touting the streets of London every day. 
Every day. And the boys see them as well. I think, in fact, at some of the mainline stations, they've started blocking them in. Because it's just ridiculous. I mean, there was somebody this morning who was obviously touting on the streets of Twickenham, parked in the middle of the road by the Cabbage Patch, which is one of our music venue pubs, with its flashing lights on, in the middle of the road. I should have taken a, a photograph, actually. Should have taken a, a, a photograph of them and sort of post it up on, on Twitter. These idiots are out there. But they're all... It's just, I remember phoning up once to complain about illegal minicabs. And the person I spoke to, there was a place you could phone. And she said, oh, I don't think you have illegal minicabs in Twickenham. And you wanted to say to her, are you stupid? Where are you coming from? Of course there are illegal minicabs in Twickenham. Oh, dear. So, anyway, so I, w- I was checking with my friend Ian as to uh, whether or not... Because over in America, because I think think he's looking for love, looking for love. And I said to him, I said, uh, have you actually found the perfect person yet? As you do. As you do. I'm just naturally inquisitive. And he says, I've only been here six days. So I wrote back, and? You know, which is that sort of guy. Six days. Do not not hang around. He said, I've had to start a new breakfast show. Move into a new apartment. It's been very hectic. Yeah, I still think you can meet people. I don't know where you meet people nowadays. This this sort of came up earlier on, didn't it? With the woman who said she'd shaved her legs in preparation for sex with this man. And then it turned out he didn't want sex. He probably thought it was one of those songs. Shaved her legs and then he was a she. And she said, hey, babe, want to walk on the wild side? And he quite clearly didn't want sex. And she started being a bit leery. I thought, just judging by the language, I thought, tramp, immediately. I've never heard such language from somebody complaining about the fact that he didn't want sex with her. And she was effing and blind. God, why would you want to go out with somebody like that? If you want to go with somebody like that, you go to the Jeremy Kyle show, hang around by the stage door, and pick up any old tramp that's walking out of there. Oh, absolutely dreadful. Absolutely. I get so so shocked in a strange kind of macabre way at the, at the language people, people come up with nowadays. You know, people who swear... And, and you look at them and you think, oh, dear me. Apparently, the big thing in Geordie Shore coming up is a cat fight between two of the girls. Oh, whoopee-doo. Well, hold yourself back. I mean, you really wish they would rip each other's heads off. Do you know what I discovered the other day? Talking of ripping each other's heads off, uh, I, was, uh, I was always taken by the story of Sir Walter Raleigh. Although I heard him called Walter Rayleigh the other day, which kind of irked me a little bit. Anyway, Rayleigh, Raleigh, whatever else. And uh, he was imprisoned in the Tower of London for, like, 13 years. Uh, but he was allowed to have his family in there and everybody else. And you remember the uh, the story about him laying down his coat so the Queen could walk over the puddle? Turns out not to be true. Anyway, so Sir Walter Raleigh uh, starts writing this book, which is an encyclopaedia and all the rest. Anyway, so he's in, he's in prison for 13 years. They let him come out and he goes and do his travels. He comes back and they decide, for reasons best known to themselves, they're going to execute him. And I'd forgotten that Sir Walter Raleigh, I thought one of our big heroes, one of our great explorers, was beheaded. And when he was beheaded, he, was, he, he went up on the scaffold and he said to the executioner, the executioner showed him the axe. He wanted to have a look at the axe. And he said, you know, I want to clean cut all the rest of it. So I don't mind my friends to think I'm a bit scared by this. Because you would be. You would be. You've got to kneel there. There's an audience. There's an audience. And this wasn't done at the Tower of London. This was done elsewhere. And uh, he was beheaded, and it was all, you know, all fine. But they, what they used to do, they buried the body in a church in London. I think it's St... God, St Margaret's. I think, I'm pretty certain it's St Margaret's. I'm very rarely wrong, as you know. And, um, which makes me very infuriating, even as far as I'm concerned. But his head, they gave to his widow. 
That's what they used to. They used to, when they used to put the heads in London on the spikes, a bit gruesome, I realise, for this time of the morning, but hopefully you won't be having your breakfast just yet. They used to put them on the spikes, and what did they used to do? Cover them with tar. And the reason they were covered with tar is to stop the seagulls pecking them. So they did that. So what a lot of people used to do is they used to pay boatmen to row across to take their loved one's head down. Well, Walter Raleigh's widow was given his head and she kept it in a silk bag until... So they buried his body, but the head came along after she died when it was reunited with the body. Because what they used to sometimes do is sew them on. And so you would end... It seemed a bit pointless taking the thing off in the first place, but there you go. That's how we used to behave in this country. Luckily, we've become a bit more civilised now. Now we don't have, you know, executions. You can go to Saudi Arabia for that and have a wonderful time, I'm sure. Or failing that just about anyway, really. And, um... What else? Oh, yes. So so once I discovered Walter Raleigh was executed, and I completely... I thought he was a hero in this country. I thought... He was a man who introduced tobacco. You know, the idea... And there's a very funny American comedian called Bob Newhart. And Bob Newhart did a... He did two very famous sketches. One was the introduction of tobacco, and the other one was the driving lesson, where he plays the driving instructor. And uh, he did these as, a like, a, a monologue. But the, uh, the one with the thing, he was... And so the, the Queen's sitting there... And, uh, and people are saying, so, 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 Walt, uh, you do what? You, you, you take leaves and, and you roll them up. <laughs> you, you roll the lid, right, OK. Into what? Like a tube. OK. What, what do you do then with them? <laughs> you put them in your mouth. <laughs> what do you do then? <laughs> you set fire to them. <laughs> This was the introduction of tobacco, and uh, and it was the the, the driving instructor is even more hilarious. It's it's you could just imagine what it's like. I bought a load of uh, cards the other day. I went to a garden centre, another garden centre. I was plagued with garden centres because I love them, and uh, and they had a lot of uh, cards for all occasions. But because a friend of mine is a cat fiend, all these were different pictures of people holding cats and all the rest of it, drawings. And some of them are very funny, you know, cat, think bubble, you know, woman, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Cat, if you don't feed me now, I'm going to leave you. Uh, that kind of stuff. So I, I bought loads of all these different cards, which just made, they, they made me laugh just looking at them. She'll, she'll love them, actually. She'll love things like that. And, uh, and then I read about Mary, Queen of Scots, who was also beheaded. Unfortunately for poor old Mary, Queen of Scots, things went from bad to worse because she was beheaded and uh, it didn't, they didn't actually behead her immediately. There was a bit left, so he had to take out a knife and finish her off. And then he held the head up, which, of course, was the mistake. That's what they used to do. They held up the, the head of the person they'd executed and go, behold the head of a traitor. In his case, he held up the head and behead, behold Queen Mary, or whatever it was he said. Anyway, at that moment, the head fell to the ground because she was wearing a wig. Everybody wore wigs, and there was a little bit of uh, of grey hair underneath. Because everybody wore wigs in those days. If I'd been around in those days, I would have worn a wig as well. But mine would have been a, a long, flowing, very exotic wig. Hers was a little one uh, attached to the head, but obviously not by glue. But, of course, nobody thought to tell the executioner that. They just decided they were going to have her executed. But, uh, again, she was... I think she's buried at St Peter Ardvincula which is inside the Tower of London. Which, if you haven't been there, you must go. Because who are the last two people... The last two people who were held... Because it was a prison, the Tower of London. Who were the last two people held there? The Cray Twins. The Cray Twins. And they've got the man. He's still alive. Well, he was when they made the, this programme that I saw. Uh, who was there for the Cray Twins. And he brought them back to the prison in handcuffs. And when they got to the station... 
Uh, there was a group of people, and one of the craze, he couldn't remember which was which one it was, Ronnie or Reggie, had said, see that group of people over there, that's our family, can we go and say goodbye to them? And he wrestled with the fact that they were handcuffed, and he thought, now either I can say no, in which case, Lord knows what might happen to me, or he said, I can risk it. He said, so I undid the handcuffs, let them go to say goodbye to their family. He said, and then true to their word, their mother brought them back. He said, and then we handcuffed them, and they took them in, and they had a cell... Uh, adjoining one another inside the Tower of London. Because lots of people were imprisoned there. But if you, if you paid a bit, like Walter Raleigh, then the... Um, and there was one particular guy, he actually persuaded the guard to, to buy him food. He would give the guard money, and they were all... They were all bendable, the guards. They were all bribable. This particular guard, he said to him, he said, can I have some, some oranges? And the guard, they were all a bit thick, said, uh, yeah, you can have oranges. And so what he did, he... He had the oranges, he cut them in half, he squeezed the juice into a bottle, and with the remainder of the orange, he made little crucifixes, which he strung together to make it look as though it was a priest's outfit. And he said, can you give this to one of my friends? He said, yeah, of course I can. Now, that was an indicator that there was a, a letter on the way, and the letter was wrapped around the crucifixes, which made the necklace. The reason that the piece of paper was wrapped around there was because he'd written with the orange juice, which became invisible, this is what I want you to do to get me out of here. And so the guard, being a bit stupid, let him wrap the, uh, the gift in the paper. When they held the paper over the fire, it then revealed the hidden message, and they managed to get him out of the Tower of London. I mean, it was, you know, nobody had ever really... It's a bit like... Um, that Alcatraz prison. Nobody ever escaped from Alcatraz except one person. And they made a film. It was called Escape from Alcatraz. And they said at the very end of the film, it was this bloke, let's call him Michael Moore for the sake of the programme. And they said, uh, nobody ever discovered where he went to. Did he actually make it to the shore or did he get swept by the currents? If you're watching this film, Michael, you know you're the only person who ever escaped from Alcatraz. Dum, dum, dum. It's very exciting, isn't it? Things you learn on this programme, honestly. And it being marathon day. Should I pound the pavements? I don't think so. I'm not really into things like that, but it's a nice idea. But, uh, OK, we're gotten. 14 minutes to... Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. Uh, two programmes that I saw over the weekend, two programmes, uh, both of which were interesting in their own way. Now, you know that I love the Food Channel, uh, the Food Network, because they make all sorts of cakes, certainly a lot better than that rubbish that was turned up for the Queen for her, uh, for her birthday. But anyway, nevertheless, uh, one is the wine show, which goes out on ITV on Saturday, and on Sunday it goes out on ITV4. And they've actually got a, a website, which I think is just called The Wine Show TV, and it's everything about wine, but sort of brought down to things that you can actually understand. Which makes it, because I, mean, I, I just like drinking wine. I'm better with, with Prosecco, as you know, but I just, I love anything like this. And I thought it was particularly good, actually, particularly good. And uh, so as they're, they're building the series, I think the wine show will do very well indeed. Because it's something different, isn't it? We've seen wine programmes before, but this has sort of got some likeable people. Talking of likeable people, I flip on by accident and I'm watching people making patisserie cakes. And there's three groups of people, some are from Park Lane, some are from France, and obviously interchanged them all over the place. Then there was another group of people, and they have a brief to make different patisserie cakes. And there's obviously an art to it, because one of the judges was a lady with a ruler. 
she was measuring how wide the cakes were and everything else, which I thought was hilarious. But I was quite interested how much you can get out of... At one point, they had to do a sticky toffee pudding in a cake form, but they had to make, like, 130 cakes or 600 cakes or 300... Whatever it was, it was it was wonderful to watch. And I kept sitting there thinking... And before I knew where I was, I'd watched the entire programme. And uh, I think the people who won were the Park Lane crew. And I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. I thought it, there was nothing pretentious. I didn't. I, I got very irritated with the host because I can't remember who the host is of the programme. And I thought, why don't you just go away? They're trying to make cakes. Don't faff around. It's like watching that uh, that duo who do the Great British Bake Off, Mel and Sue. You know, Sue Perkins, I can I can cope with. Uh, Mel Gidroy is just an irritant. I mean, you want to push her face down into a sticky toffee pudding sponge and leave her there. And, but that's just me. That's just me again. And uh, But on this other thing, I was sort of watching it thinking, this is very entertaining, actually. And next week looks even more entertaining. They've got people doing chocolate stuff. And you suddenly realise how clever they are and why it was a bunch of old garbage that the Queen was served up for her 90th birthday. Even the Queen looked at it with mock horror, like, what is this? And you go, it's three round cakes. One of which looks like it's about to fall into Her Majesty's lap. She must have gone back and gone, did you see that cake? Disgusting. In fact, I don't think anybody was positive about it. Everybody was saying how, how dreadful it was. How dreadful. Um, um, I have, actually, uh, Pat, thank you. And I think, I think at the moment, it's, I think it could be, it could be a goer. Okay. That's all I'll tell you. I think it's a goer. OK, does that make sense? And, uh, and Noreen. Uh, right. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Wait a minute. And uh, another one here quickly. This is from uh, uh, Patrick, who says, here we go. My sex romps with ex-prince in Lift Where He Died. Didn't take long. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a girl in the paper today and they go, oh, she was his girlfriend. You think, oh, dear, what is the matter with you? Are you that desperately hard up for your 30 pieces? There's a, there's a, a, the front page of The Sun on Sunday today. Man you aces threesome bid with model. Of course, as you and I know, the term model is any old dog who'll take their underwear and just sort of pose in it. And, you know, I get bored witless with these stories. It's sort of, it's cheap people who want to go and sleep with footballers and then sell the story afterwards. I mean, I find it deeply disturbing that these people obviously have family and their family must be looking at them going, what are you, some sort of hooker or something? Why are you sleeping with somebody and selling a story? And we've had it over the... I've lost track over the years. I mean, seriously, over the years, there must have been hundreds and hundreds of people. And so this is a three-way story they can tell you about. And this is a Manchester United star who begged a busty model um, to join him and a teammate for a threesome and said, can you handle uh, 2v1, two black guys? And um, this, uh, this girl... Uh, says he liked women with blah, blah, blah. I mean, she's obviously a lap dancer. And to be honest with you, I don't think it really gets much worse than that. You know, for lap dancer, read... Uh, I mean, I don't, what I don't understand is... And you might have to sort of explain to me in probably very simple terms. So, two men over the age of consent pick up some old broad from somewhere and say, would you like to come back for a threesome? And she kind of recoils in mock horror. She's a lap dancer! She'll dance for anybody. Shove the right amount of money in her direction. She'll throw herself around a pole. That's what they do. Why would you then be surprised? Because somebody goes, would you like to come back for a threesome? She's sort of acting like butter wouldn't melt, but the paper, luckily, have managed to get her to pose in her underwear. 
proving that with a push-up bra, she can have a big pair of boobs. And, of course, that's so important for footballers nowadays. And uh, and then she sold the, the story. Like, pff, darling, who cares? Who cares? I mean, really, have a little bit of decorum, please. It's like, you know, your mother going to the papers and selling the story of how she bedded your father. That would be equally tacky, wouldn't it? Very, very tacky. Mind you, we've got another real-life love rift, and this is uh, Dingling in the Dells. And it's just... Oh, dear. Uh, this is uh, the story of Danny Miller from Emmerdale, who has sparked a war on the soap after bedding co-star Isabel Hodgins behind the back of Dale's pal Michael Parr. Is that, is that what the papers are full of nowadays? Is it just people's love life? Thank God it doesn't deal with me. I mean, mine would be as boring as anything, really. Woke up, went to work, came back home. Woke up, went to work, came back home. Smiled at somebody on Tube. <laughs> Actually, that would be a fib, because I don't do the Tube very well. I get very claustrophobic on the Tube. Uh, here's the picture of Prince William attempting to look intelligent and talking to Barack Obama. About what? I've got no idea. Yeah, I, I used to have hair. Daddy says that, you know, I'm probably going his direction. Strangely enough, my brother Harry we think, is uh, he's sort of, he's losing his hair as well. And and you're, you're the president, are you? Wow, that's really exciting. I, I, I fly helicopters too. And uh, I, I might stop that next year because I'm like really, really busy with, with the family. And uh, I want to make sure I'm going to be a good father. So basically what Prince William has told the world is that, you know, to be a good father, don't work. Well, that'll please everybody on the Jeremy Kyle show, won't it? That'll kind of prove exactly. Now it's got the seal of approval. Now it's got the seal of approval from Prince William. Yep, don't work and you can be a good father. Brilliant! Brilliant! Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, who's this? British Trolls paid 50 grand to help a Portuguese cop overturn a ruling that he libelled Madeleine McCann's parents. I don't quite understand that one at all. I mean, why tr- trolls are generally... They haven't got thruppence to rub together. But here is the girl. Here is the girl. My sex romps with ex-prince in lift where he died. Oh. God, I mean, honestly, it makes you want to be sick, doesn't it? This is the British lover, ex-Playboy model. Her name is Anna Fantastic. I think Anna Cheap Low Rent, I think, would kind of sum it up. And uh, and when did he go out with her? 1988. Well, do us a favour, love. Why don't you drag up the rest of your boring little life? Really? Anna Fantastic. God in heaven, I feel so sorry for you. I feel immensely sorry for you. And uh, what else have we got? Blah, 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 blah. Children age four, too young for sex? I think so. I think so. And, uh, and a picture of Naomi the Boar Campbell. That's anger management, Naomi, with somebody else's hair stuck on her head. And uh, she's shaping up for a book lover. And uh, this is, she's revealing her curves and more in a new coffee table volume. Because you remember, the only book she ever claimed to wrote, write, write, wrote, was called Black Swan. Unfortunately, it was written by somebody else. <laughs> Naomi Campbell doesn't really have the intelligence to uh, write anything at all. Uh, Joe Jonas says his ex, Gigi Hadid, should be uh, flattered. He may use their breakup as an inspiration for his bad DNC's album. Because she's obviously done the rounds. She obviously sort of quite likes doing like that. And, uh, and poor old uh, Jeremy Joseph has revealed his dog ruined a £2,500 velvet sofa from Madonna. Thanks to Danny Minogue. Because uh, Jeremy's running the London Marathon today. And no doubt will be uh, running and will raise a lot of money. Sam Smith has finally ditched all the Z-listers who hang around him for a little bit of fame. And he's now turned to, to another Z-lister. Uh, having got rid of Jay Camilleri, who I said he needn't go within a mile of. Far too dangerous. Uh, now he's found Andy Newton-Lee, whoever he is. Uh, he played 
Robbie Flynn in 2004 in Hollyoaks. God, bloody. They dredge them up, don't they? They dredge them up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, George's Day, Axe by the City. The rest of the UK parted. I did ask the question earlier on. Does anybody remember it was St George's Day? Anybody? No, probably not. You probably didn't. We kind of sort of, we're sort of pushing it to one side, aren't we, at the moment? It's all very worrying. Uh, I've had a quick look, incidentally, in case you were going to ask me, and I knew that you were, uh, about the Sunday Times Rich List. And the answer is no, I'm not. But, uh, you know, ne- you never know. Next year, I might. Next year, I might. You never know. So the wine show I've mentioned for you. And uh, Funny Girl, my friend Paul Fear gave it three and a half out of five, which is, which is OK, it's OK. He said, most reviews were five-star raves. They didn't do My Man or Secondhand Rose, which were in the film and not the original musical. Sheridan's very good and a decent singer. The set, not impressive. Not a patch on Gypsy, which was on another level altogether. If you love Sheridan, it's worth seeing, probably. But he never mentioned uh, Darius Campbell, who also got, uh, got some very, very good reviews as well. Uh, my friend Stuart from Sandys, he knows the, uh, the male model which we were talking about before. I get all these sort of things, I get these sort of male model things. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I just feel, you know, dreadful, really. Works for um, Plan B, which is what... You know, people love doing workouts. People love plans, and they've got this, and then you go for that drink and that drink. One of the girls in the office, she's doing this thing, and I forget, I'll, I'll sort of say, oh, would you like to have a chocolate? And she goes, I can't today because I'm doing three or five, whatever it happens to I don't, Whatever it was, I didn't understand it. And I'm assuming that, you know, eventually things work. Coming up to the news at six o'clock, it's Sunday morning, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We will go through the papers properly. We will pull them apart. Prince Charles goes to Stratford to celebrate the Bard's birth, death, whatever. It's a good industry down there, but I'm just surprised that Prince Charles has never been before. What's he been doing in his life, apart from talking to the plants? Cold calling, huge fines. Uh, Prince is cremated. Uh, Be a fatty puff if you like, but don't expect the NHS to save you. Idris Elba's girl tells her story. Don't they all just in the paper today? Kerry Katona. Oh, David Guest, I'm really upset. Oh, shut up, you silly old baggage. Go away, please. Lucy Mecklenburg claims she enjoys being single. Well, it's better than sitting in the corner sobbing, looking at that shelf with cobwebs on, isn't it really, dear? And Victoria Wood jokes with hospital patients. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Sunday, the 24th of April. It's Marathon Day, so as you can well imagine, I'm not in training. I'm not doing anything for it. I don't want to pound the streets. I'm not remotely interested. We've got the Sunday Times Rich List. Fantastic. Now I better find out if I'm on it. How rich are some people and how poor are others? And I suspect that I'm going to be the poor one. So uh, that will run through in a moment. Alex Reed, another dreary life story going nowhere. Uh, the cruise star Jane is back. Yes, she's back on the waves. Mary Berry reveals how Prince Philip swigs beer whilst telling her how he stuffs game birds. Make up your own jokes. Uh, did anybody remember it was St George's Day and Linda Bellingham's ex-husband continues to spend her money which she left to him? It just doesn't make pleasant reading, though. Nice to be company. You all right this morning? You all right? OK. Um, just have a quick look, actually, at the... We, we've managed to condense the Sunday Times Rich List into two bits of paper. And that's about as good as it's going to get. So, having a quick look here, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and Lewis Hamilton 
They've entered the list of Britain's super rich. I can't understand it, actually. I really can't understand it. One drives cars above the speed limit, and the other one's just not very funny. And his last film died. Apparently, they've both got a fortune of over a hundred million pounds. Which I suppose is sort of nice. It means that you can buy, you know, a nice house, nice car. In Lewis Hamilton's case, he can dress like one of the village people. And because uh, they were asking a question in one of the papers today, how come Nicole Scherzinger can't find anybody to settle down with? And the answer is she's going out with people who aren't old enough to want to settle down. They're all a lot younger than herself, so that they, they have worked out now that she's obviously an attention seeker, and she doesn't want to settle down either. She's just worried about being left on the shelf. Uh, the, the rich list has the property magnates David and Simon Rubin at the top, 13.1 billion. But the trouble is they're both advanced in years, aren't they? You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you, and as long as you've got the, 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 the trappings of success. But um, the family behind Britain's biggest steelmaker have fallen out of the top ten losing more than £2 billion. Uh, Hamilton, Britain's wealthiest sportsman, £106 million. Entrants had to have at least £103 million to make it on the 2016 list. Uh, Lakshmi Mittal and his family have taken a £2.8 billion hit in the past year, 2.08. They did have £27 billion, so in fact, uh, they say now their fortune is £7.12 billion. Still a lot of money, isn't it? Um, on top of the uh, the money pile, property tycoons, the Rubin brothers, they own Millbank Tower, the John Lewis headquarters. They've got £13.1 Mumbai-born David and Simon Rubin also own London Oxford Airport and the Heliport. Uh, brothers Sri and Gopi Hindujar, who run the Hindujar Group, remain in second place with £13 billion. And completing the top three, Warner Music owner Len Blavatnik. Blavatnik who despite a drop two places after a reduction in wealth, has 11.59 billion. <gasps> Gosh, what I want to know is, I want to know the uh, the showbiz ones. I want to know the showbiz people. Who's got the money in showbiz? Apart from Paul McCartney. There must be other people, mustn't there, really? Uh, thank you for reminding me, says Paul, what a great comic Bob Newhart was. Oh, it's worth watching him doing the driving instructor and, uh, and introducing tobacco to civilization. Uh, Liebes says Mary Queen of Scots is buried in Westminster Abbey is the head wither as well I can't remember on that uh, particular one Uh, what else we have here Oh, a lot of people talking about uh, about um, this uh, programme on the television which is the one I have to laugh about it, sorry. It's the one that shows you how to make cakes, but little cakes. It's patisserie stuff. But it's so interesting. You've got to sort of stick stuff in freezers to make sure that it it chills down enough. It's really complicated. But at the end of the day, they they did a really, really good job. Uh, Steve, says James, it's six o'clock already. That's what I like about you. You make time goes faster. Uh, I tell you who cares, Steve, says Mick, the morons who buy the rubbish newspapers. Yes, I mean, I mean, well, I don't know, do they? Do you think people buy the Sun newspaper or the Star or the People or the Mirror, whatever it, whichever it is, because he's got a picture of some bimbo who beds a footballer? Why would you, I mean, I just look at them with pity. You know, if that's their idea of becoming famous, God, they might as well give up now. Might as well give up now. I think they need to get a copy of my book, one of the biggest sellers, incidentally, out of all the books that uh, we've released at LBC. So you want to be a celebrity. And and, uh, Tom says, thank you for slating Basingstoke. We locals remember it before the overspill days. Lovely market town, concrete jungle. Now, it's ghastly, Tom. It's just roundabouts. Roundabouts and horrible concrete buildings. Oh, ghastly place. See Basingstoke and die, is what they say. It really is ghastly. Ghastly. And uh, somebody says, uh, uh, what else we got here? 
Oh, yes, somebody talking about how much people used to make driving cabs and how little people make nowadays, which is, uh, which is not so good, is it? Uh, let's go through the papers. Should we go through the papers? Should we go through it? It's what we're famous for on the programme. We might as, well, uh, might as well find out exactly what they're saying and try and dissect it, so give you, so you know, the, 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 the proper part. Do not forget, though, today that the person who will be finding out those stories to really infuriate you is Katie Hopkins. And so <laughs> can't wait to see... Uh, Wait to see what she's going to come up with today. I'm always frightened myself. Right. Mm. Here we go. Right, the people. Front page. Triple cop killer cashes in. Harry Roberts signing mugshots for ghouls who pay 100 quid a time. Bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Bit embarrassing. David uh, Handy out with a, a photographer. And so somebody's standing right behind him. So they get a picture of David Gandhi, basically proving to Molly King that she's, uh, she's dead and buried. She's history. As he's uh, snogging this woman, he's touching her bottom and everything else. And it's a set-up picture. You can tell it's a set-up picture. Roger Daltrey has slammed ACDC for replacing Brian Johnson with karaoke Axel Rose. Mm. Uh, they don't like this, uh, this cop killer in the paper. They don't think anybody likes cop killers. Send him back inside, they say. Harry Roberts, this piece of filth is on the outside world. Signing uh, autographed pictures of when he was sort of uh, still an ugly person. But uh, doing that, disgusting, really. I mean, it's disgusting. I don't know what's the matter here. Uh, Prince is cremated in secret after the family follow the no-fuss wish. His ashes held with devotion, a true giant on his way to his resting place. That's his, his, his sister's called Tyker. She looks like she's been through the mill and backwards uh, quite a few times. Um, another story of uh, after the people reported, pal of Linda Bellingham warned, don't marry him. We reveal Mr Spain splashes out on a country mansion. He's getting through her money like there's no tomorrow. But there again, he can. I mean, I think it's disgusting, but that's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's not up to anybody else. She decided in her will to leave the money all to him. She didn't seem to make any provision for the children. Why? I've got no idea. He's also taken over her Twitter account. He's obviously launching a book. I have to tell you, I will not be buying it. Uh, Jay McDonald's back on the waves. Uh, I wish they'd repeat that programme. I wish they'd repeat it. Out of all the drivel that we get on the BBC, yet another quiz show. ITV, yet another lame quiz show. There's too many of this rubbish up there. Who cares whether people know the answer to something? I couldn't care less. What does that prove? It's called cheap television. And 90% of the people doing it can't present television programmes. But she's making a a four-part travel show for Channel 5. So she's filming reviews of cruise holidays. That'll be interesting. I wish they... Why don't the BBC just show it? Show it again. Stop, stop sort of wasting everybody's time with all this new... Th- we don't care about new quiz shows. I'm not bothered about quiz shows. I'm really not. Um, what's this here? Uh, this is James Franco. I'm not a little bit gay. I'm extremely interested in the fact of what I missed out on. But it's too late now. And uh, then they've got, you know, the earth-shattering news that Johnny Depp and, uh, and, uh, and the wife smuggled the dogs into Australia. Then they had to do this apology, which was embarrassing. A cocaine gangster who shows off his gold Rolex in a mobile snap from his prison cell. He's the drugs lord serving 27 years. He's wearing a Rolex in prison. It's amazing, isn't it, really, honestly? And uh, the court heard about his lifestyle, luxury cars, a Bentley, a Maserati, a Rolex, and lots of other things. Uh, The judge gave him 27 years. He's obviously a bit of a buffoon, and uh, and his best uh, thing is to sort of show a picture of him wearing a Rolex. (laughs) But you're stuck in prison, aren't you, dear? Uh, not exactly the cleverest penny in the box. Snowing in Hemel Hempstead, somebody said. Uh, somebody said, I've seen these individuals have, individuals have this kind of wealth. Um, and what's more disgusting is the Times print a rich list without any shame. I love it. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Can't be an idiot. You can't be an idiot. Please, not this early. 
You know, it's, I mean, I don't, you know, you can't be that stupid, can you, really? What do you think, what's the point of having a business? What's the point of having a business? The whole idea of a business is to be successful. If you've got 13 billion or 26 billion, that means you're very, very successful. You must be jealous of everybody who's got more than you, which I find deeply disturbing because generally people who are, who are jealous of what other people have got, cars or houses or flats or mansions or estates, you know, and money in the bank, uh, are generally very happy, very happy because they work hard to get it. And people like you are the sort of people who begrudge people having it. Which makes you very sad. It's not very nice, is it? Like, you know, try and be a nicer person. Try and be a nicer person on a Sunday. Then you might find that people gravitate to you. I'm assuming at the moment they don't gravitate to you at all. Uh, Rachel Bletchley talks about Queen Victoria. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and talks... I, I saved this here because it was... Um, why did I save it? Why did I say? Oh, she admits to being a monarchist. Which I think the rest of us are, actually. I don't like half the royal family. I, w- I wouldn't give you threepence for Prince Andrew and his ghastly brood. I like the Queen. I like Prince Philip. Uh, I could probably just about tolerate Princess Anne. I can't bear the offspring. Well, one of them, anyway. I find her a little bit of a pain in the rear end. And uh, who else do we like? Prince Charles. Well, he's OK. Talks to plants and he's a little bit sort of dithery. Uh, Camilla seems to be OK. Don't, I don't uh, have any objection to Camilla at all. And uh, William and Harry... I think the trouble is there's been too much publicity written about them. And the publicist says, oh, aren't they marvellous and a credit to Diana? They've got absolutely nothing to do with Diana. She was their mother, but she died before they could sort of form anything at all. They've basically, I think, gone a bit off the rails. Harry's gone quite a bit off the rails. And William just comes over. I mean, now he's going to give up the helicopter stuff so he can be a better father. Bit worrying, isn't it, really? Uh, Television in one of the papers today. They're talking about... um, A big reason for a much-improved Michael McIntyre big show, Ronan Keating's A-list mobile font contacts, Russell Crowe, James Blunt, Matt Goss. (laughs) Even uh, the TV reviewer, Adam, has sort of said, Matt Goss. Lord above. He says, elevating the send-all game to the best thing the comedian's ever done. <laughs> uh, actress Amanda Abington's reply is that the guy from Westlife? Don't worry, Ronan. It's only words. Ronan Keating. Honestly, he's got Matt Goss's phone number. <gasps> How the Z list managed to associate with more Z list at all? Sex box host Steve Jones. According to our survey, seventeen percent say they would consider having sex with a humanoid robot. The other eighty-three just aren't interested in Cheryl Cole in that way. Sorry, couldn't help it. I mean, come on, you made me say it. You made me say it. You know that she's as wooden as a plank. I mean, goodness sake. You know, and let's face it, she's never going to go out with anybody her own age because they're not going to be remotely interested. Did you love the day? Did you love the, the piece in the paper the other day where uh, Desperado, Eamon Holmes, is desperately trying to sort of make sure that he's in the real world as opposed to a man who's just had a, whatever he's had, a hip replacement or something. And, uh, and he said that me and Ruth are not the threesome talked about in the papers. Well, it's at that moment that I decided to be sick thinking the idea, because she said if she found out he was bisexual, she'd get rid of him straight away. I'd get rid of him anyway. He's turning out to be a bit of a liability, isn't he? I mean, he's an old man. He's held together by spare parts surgery. The very idea that he sort of goes on and goes, yes, we are, we are not the threesome talked about in the papers. I thought, of course you're not. Don't be so silly. Look in the mirror, fat boy. Of course you're not the one in the papers. <laughs> oh, God. Far too much. But apparently now there's another twist in that one, because it turns out there's now somebody else, and apparently there's film... 
I don't even want to think about that, actually. It's a quarter past... The new sound of weekends on LBC. Katie Hopkins. I'm asking why it is Britain seems to hate the rich. Do you pay taxes? At the moment, I'm looking for a job. I'm, I'm paying taxes to cover you. Until you pay taxes, I wouldn't even give you the vote. If someone's doing something good, why can't you just see the good in what they're doing? Why do you have to be cynical about it? Cynical? I think I'm a realist. <laughs> Katie Hopkins. Every Sunday morning from 10 on LBC. There you go, she's back again today. Can't wait, can't wait. I love the idea somebody says, oh, you're cynical. She goes, no, I'm a realist, which of course she is. She's not being cynical about it. It's like poor Sammy in Birmingham, who's quite clearly one of those who's so jealous of everybody else. You can always tell when somebody starts, not at all, mate. I'm not your mate. Right like that, makes you sound like a big girl's blouse. He said, I've got more than enough. Oh, so it's okay, but obviously not quite enough, have you? He says, there's plenty of folks going hungry. What a drip you are. What a boring little drip you are. What a sad person. Thank God you're so far away. Birmingham, dumb, dumb, dumber. There you go. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I look forward to Katie Hopkins this morning. Actually, I shall look forward to Andrew Castle as well. And I do look forward to a picture in the paper today of Ringo Starr with his son, Jason Starkey. Jason Starkey is 48. Ringo Starr is 75 and looks ten times better. Seriously, the son is fat, grey-haired. I mean, Ringo is dark. Perhaps he dies it, I don't know. But he looks so much better than his son. He looks absolutely amazing. So, uh, so a little lesson to you there, Jason. Start losing the weight. Start losing the weight, because then you'll look as good as uh, as your dad. Uh, what else we got here? John Prescott's column. I can't bear John Prescott. Ever since, you know, the fat bloke turned up on Mr and Mrs with the fragrant wife, Pauline. I just sort of can't go for it at all. Uh, and here's Alex Reed. Alex Reed is just one of life's waste of spaces, I'm afraid. He's got debts of £400,000. 400,000, and uh, he says, I'm fighting for survival. It's because you're useless, mate, that's why. You've never actually done a day's work in your life. Uh, Four years on from a bitter divorce from Katie Price, he's sitting in a one-bedroom flat talking about suicide. Oh, here we go, let's chuck it all in, shall we? Suicide, bankruptcy, fears. What, with £400,000 debt? I should bloody well hope so. I don't like the idea that somebody like you is sitting there sort of in a flat... In a flat, if you please, and you've got debts of £400,000. He says he's got no choice but to go back to fighting to make ends meet. In other words, he's not actually done anything since the divorce. He's just He obviously thought that if he married Katie Price, it was going to be the meal ticket. But of course it isn't. Even little Peter Andrex has had to close his coffee shop down. Anyway, he went out with, um, with Chantel. He's now living with a trainer, Nicky. But he's got a child to support. But if he's got debts, how's he, how's he supporting it? Answer is he isn't. He isn't. He's just sort of, he's droning on about, you know, really just rubbish. Absolute rubbish here. And uh, he retired four years ago after a professional fighting career. Well, does anybody ever seen him fight? No, me neither. Do anybody care about him? No, me neither. He's, I'm scared to death at the moment, but at the same time, I'm loving it. I'm not sitting around. That's exactly what you are doing, matey. You need to get off your fat bum and get out there and do something. God, blimey. These people who drone onto the papers, like, we care. Like we care. We don't care. We really don't care. Uh, the talk TV with Emma Pryor is the biggest waste of space of any paper in the mirror. Two pages of drivel. I mean, one of it, she obviously can't write, because it's taken up by a picture which takes up nearly half of one page of photograph from something called On Demand, Waterloo, Wednesday, BBC Iron Player or something, Line of Duty. Obviously, her writing is so poor. Bring back Kevin, please. Bring back Kevin. He was the one who did it. Carol Malone. 
is the one who gave me the line about Nicole Scherzinger, who's worse at picking blokes than Cheryl Cole. Can't find a man to settle down with. So far, there have been dalliances with Arch people, Harry Styles and Steve Jones. There was Lewis Hamilton, who's starting to look like something out of the village people, and Tennis Ates, uh, Grigor, who at 24 is 13 years younger. None of these men is remotely ready to settle down, and if Nicole continues to date immature boys to whom women are just notches on a bedpost, it shows she isn't either. She's desperate. She's a sad and lonely... That's poor Alex Reed. Poor soul, honestly. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, but she just... And also, uh, Carol is the one who's come up with the uh, interesting interview this week with Prince William, responding to accusations he's work-shy by saying he wants to concentrate on his role as a father, which is why he's also thinking of giving up his job as an air ambulance pilot next spring. So, in other words, be as lazy as Prince Andrew's uh, kids. So the only useful bit of work that he does is giving up to look after his kids, together with Kate, her mum, the nannies, etc., etc., etc. I want my kids to be good people, he says. I mean, which goes to prove how, how poor he is in the real world. Is he seriously suggesting the only way to be a good dad is not to work, and that those dads who have no choice but to work are somehow incapable of rearing good people? And we've heard some claptrap from members of the royal family, but God help us. Please, please make him keep quiet till he knows what he's talking about. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Uh, gripping new TV drama on the television. Couldn't care less. Uh, trending. Couldn't care less. Oh, David Beckham again. I think they just have a file. They open it up and it goes, deadbeat David Beckham stories. And they go, right, let's have a David Beckham. David Beckham's thinking you're buying Japanese art because he once wore a kimono or something. And you think to yourself, do me a favour. Still worrying as I go through the papers to see who's actually touring, and uh, Elvis in concert with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, special guest appearance by Priscilla Presley, uh, Barry Manilow, One Last Time. So this could be the final Manilow. Somebody was saying, was it Paul Gambaccini in the papers? He said, I don't want to go and see people who are past their sell-by uh, days. I think Manilow's OK, isn't he? Uh, Elvis, of course, will go on forever. George Benson will... Go on forever. Gladys Knight. Lovely Gladys Knight. Earth, Wind and Fire. How many of those are left? And then Ireland's number one entertainer, the, the person I've never even heard of, called Nathan Carter. Seriously never heard of him. Absolutely never heard of him. Um, David Essex is touring, as is Tom Jones. Well, it's Tom the Musical, where you get Ghost Riders in the Sky, Spanish Harlem, Trouble, it's not unusual. Where's the green, green grass of home? Have you ever heard of Ghost Riders in the Sky? I've heard of the song, Ghost Riders in the Sky. I didn't know it was done by Tom Jones. That's what I don't like about musicals. As my friend Paul told us, uh, you know, Funny Girl doesn't have Secondhand Rose, which was one of the great songs from the movie. It's as simple as that, you know, just one of the, just one of the best songs in there. And it's not there at all, which is very worrying. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And, um, and somebody said here, let's see who it is. I do like a name. If they don't have a name, then I just block them because they're a bit too stupid for words, uh, which is so funny. As I say, it's obviously somebody who's going to write to Katie Hopkins later. Well, they thought they were. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, and Paula says, I was wondering what the Kate programme is called you've been on about this morning. Yeah, I don't know. what. It's just, it's very good. It's actually not bad. I just don't know who the host is. He's very irritating. And uh, da, da, da. Uh, somebody says here, I've been listening to your show for ages and ages. And uh, says, don't ever stop. Well, uh, I have a, another contract, so you've got me for another year. 
you know, so we don't have to sort of worry about things like that, as I say. You know, let's just keep putting the money in the bank, soon up to a billion pennies, I should imagine. And uh, another one here. Somebody else telling me about this cake programme, which is actually really, really good. But to be honest with you, I don't know what it's called, which doesn't really help, does it? Um, another one here. Somebody says, uh, you know, what are you worrying about the money for? You can't take it with you. Exactly. Can't take it with you. I love the way the people get so worked up about somebody having more money than them. And in fact, having everything more than them. Uh, Steve, I'm on afternoon shift at the London Marathon near the embankment, helping spectators to make sure everything's OK, says Sanjay. Who is who has actually run marathons before, but isn't today. I think there's going to be a lot of very, very wet people out there, isn't there? 39,000. And remember, the, the road closures will be in for a lot of the day. Because there'll be some people who do it in, you know, a few hours. And there'll be other people who take weeks, weeks and months and years to do it. They're very slow. At least uh, some of them have been sort of stopped from running, I think. Because otherwise it's ridiculous. You know, unless they're raising a serious amount of money for charity, there's no point in having these people on there. Uh, la, 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 la. Another one here. And uh, another one here. This is, oh, it's poor old Sammy in Birmingham. I'll tell you what, Sammy, I've decided I'm going to save you from yourself. There you go. Bye-bye. <laughs> poor little soul. I have to find somebody else to write to now. Mind you, as I should imagine, he probably begrudges spending the money on the phone call. Uh, so, William and Harry secretly filming the Stormtrooper roles at Pinewood for the next Star Wars epic. But unlike the mock-up, they will keep their helmets on, so you won't know it's them. So they might have just have to fib about it and say, um, that's us. And we're all going, I don't think it is, actually. We don't think it is. But it, it just goes to prove they can then go, oh, we're in a Star Wars film. But as I say, having seen how many star troopers they use, there's a lot of them. But the latest film, I thought it was Pants. Really did. I thought it was Pants. Uh, the Rocking Horse bought by the President, and then they tell you where you can get the royal dressing gown. I can't believe that they couldn't even be bothered in daylight to get George in clothes who could shake hands with the President. And uh, they combed his hair. But here it is. Here is the picture. It's in the mail today. And it's a picture of uh, Kate... Talking to Michelle Obama about what, I've got no idea. William trying to be animated and pretend that he's uh, able to converse on levels with world leaders. And Barack Obama thinking, bring back somebody else, get somebody else soon. And Harry just sitting there, all by his lonesome. Nobody to talk to, no girlfriend to play with. No bar, I have a little drinky-poos, and I can join in with a conversation. And then he could perhaps dress up for us and we could all have a good old laugh. Um, so Charles play Hamlet on BBC, a tortured prince. How did he find the inspiration? And there's going to be a 21-foot tower of flowers at, uh, at the Royal Horticultural Society. So this is uh, Chelsea, May 23rd. May 23rd. Do you know she's had 17,000 birthday cards? People have sent cards to the... What do you think she does? Open every one of them by herself and go, Oh, look, 16,009. Come on, Philip, open the cards quicker. Make it easier, wouldn't it? Make it a lot easier. Uh, the Bard is dragged into the refugee round now. And the aid cash for UN meddler to come here and tell us go easy on terrorists. Fated by jihadi apologists. NUS anti-Semitic student leader in Assange. We get scolded for the terrifying. The amount of despots that we give money to, it's hilarious, isn't it, in this country? It's absolutely hilarious. And uh, apparently the minister's date has been named. This is uh, John Whittingdale. This is this poor old man who so obviously likes being surrounded. I mean, what they see in him, I can't imagine. I suppose it gets them into society in a peculiar way. But the latest one, don't laugh, is a glass blower from Lithuania. 
It'll be useful, won't it? I should imagine. But he's raising eyebrows all over the place. He just comes over. I couldn't care less who he goes out with. We've said before, makes no difference to me. He just comes over as a little bit silly. Little bit silly. Uh, also, has Obama busted Boris? I don't know. I really don't know. Rachel Johnson says, be a fatty puff if you like, but don't expect my NHS to save you. It's like people who sort of who smoke themselves to death. Smoke yourself to death. Smoke yourself to death. It doesn't make any difference, does it? That's what you want to do. I don't want to be the person to sort of clamp down on you and go, oh, it's disgraceful, you're smoking, you're killing yourself. People who smoke know they're killing themselves. It's just that they actually can't sort of work out how to stop. And that's the big problem. The problem is they don't know how to stop smoking. It's not easy. It's like trying to cut back on fish and chips and pizza and Kentucky Fried Chicken and all the other stuff which people love nowadays because it tastes nice. People want it. Oh, we got on my late for the news. I'm so sorry. <gasps> LBC News Time, 6.30. Well. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. This is what everybody uh, wakes up for on a Sunday morning. And after me, you've got Andrew Castle. And then, yeah, Katie Hopkins is going to be here. Just to just to make sure your day goes with a little bit of a bang, which is quite nice. Sorry we were late for the news. That was my fault. I was so so carried away with sort of reading about uh, the exit from EastEnders of Barbara Windsor. And uh, doing her final journey, uh, 78, Barbara Windsor is. I mean, seriously. If anybody looks brilliant for 78, she would be the person, really. And uh, they say the, uh, the rumours uh, suggest that Pat, uh, played, of course, by uh, Pam St. Clement, appeared to Peggy in a hallucination before she passes away. So uh, it's quite interesting, quite interesting. And so you'll be seeing that in a, in a few weeks' time. Oh, we found another, um, another um, uh, model. Well, laughingly called model. I don't really know what this one is. But uh, Luther Lothario Idris Elba tried to bed a Marilyn Monroe lookalike days after splitting from his ex. I don't quite see the, the problem with that story. He's split from his ex and he tries to bed some desperado who sort of flogs her little story. I mean, it's, I feel a bit sorry for this woman here. Her name is, um, I don't think she seems to have a name, actually. She's just, oh, sorry, Ella Britannia, or Ellie Britannia. I mean, she's a bit, tra- he must be, he's obviously set his sights fairly low for this one. But um, anyway, the next day, the dishy TV detective said she was special, but gave her the elbow by not answering her text. Probably very wise. Probably so. Somebody said, don't go anywhere near her. She'll flog the story to a paper. She looks like that sort of person. So she told the Daily Star that he pretended to be a Bond villain, Blofeld, and posed with her white cat on his knee. I mean, I mean, is she as thick as she looks? I feel a bit slightly disturbed by this person here. She said, I dropped him a text a few days later and uh, and said, hey, it's Ellie, but I never heard anything back. Well, quite rightly so, because you're quite clearly one of those dreadful old bags who decides that they're going to sell somebody down the river. Hope you got your 20 quid, love. That's about all it's worth, isn't it, really? I don't know why anybody would be remotely interested in you. It's really... He followed me into my bedroom and stripped down to his boxers. You sad person, aren't you? He wasn't going out with anybody. You should be grateful somebody paid you any attention at all. I wonder what you are. What is it? A Marilyn Monroe look-alike? You don't look anything like Marilyn Monroe, dear. Just having a bust like that and bleach blonde hair does not make you Marilyn Monroe. In fact, after this article, it makes you immensely sad. Immensely sad. Uh, Kerry's uh, tribute. It only appears in one paper today. She's, 
she's heartbroken, as you can well imagine. I'm fairly heartbroken, a bit of my seer on the television, which luckily isn't that often, thank God. But she plans to add his name to her current inkings, which include tattoos of her children, Molly, that's the one who's three times the size of her, Lily, Max, Heidi and Dylan Yorgi. The 35-year-old told friends that David, who died earlier, was like a, like a father to her. Never mentioned that before, has she, really? But anyway, they first met in 2009, but they bonded when they both appeared on the reality show It's Fair Kerry. No, that one missed me as well. Poor old Kerry Coke toner. No, nothing that she's ever done has made any impact. A source close to the former Atomic Kitten, who never sang on any of the hits, as far as I was aware. Uh, Kerry's been been devastated. I'm surprised she's able to light another cigarette, ladies and gentlemen. They were so close, and she speaks on the phone uh, to him every day. Well, quite clearly she didn't. Nobody had spoken to him for 48 hours, so there's lie number one. Lie number two is they weren't that close at all. He was close to a lot of Z-listers and people who just wanted to latch on to somebody who was famous so they could get a bit of their own kind of thing. It was, you know, it's just, it's tragic, really. You mentioned the police killer, Bruce, as uh, uh, Harry Roberts. What people forgot to mention, he drove over the bodies of the dead policemen after they killed them in the street. Horrendous crime. I don't understand how somebody like that can be actually out of prison. I don't know the ins and outs of the case at all. I know nothing about it, apart from the fact that he's a police killer and, uh, and he's signing autographs, which, again, comes over as very, very sad. And um, Richard in Uddersfield says, Hey, up, Ruby Yorkshire, I've just brewed up. I'm supporting me tea while I wake up with the Aunt Wireless. Don't suppose you've got Yorkshire Post rich list there, have you? I have, actually. Farmer Giles, he's got £20,000 in bank. Well, it's not in bank, it's under bed. He's keeping it there. He said, I did do some overtime at worst last week, so I thought I might be on the list. I don't think I'm ever going to be on the list. In fact, I'm t- totally convinced I'm never going to be on the list, but I don't really care. Who wants to be on a rich list? doesn't bother me. I've got, uh, I've got loads, thank you very much indeed. David says, dusting of snow in Aviemore. Uh, Dorman Dom says, I looked on Google, apparently David Guest is worth 50 million. I think he's flat broke, actually, Dom. Absolutely flat broke. I don't think he will leave threepence 50. Where would he have made 50 million from? He's never done anything that would warrant anything. Like- he had to do reality shows. So, uh, of course, Google has always put down anything. It's like saying Kerry Katona has got talent. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't really work, actually. Uh, the Queen's probably got an open fireplace to accommodate all those birthday cards, says Les. I mean, do you seriously think, oh, it's the, the Great British Bake Off creme de la creme, and the host is Tom Kerridge. Who's Tom? Can anybody tell me who Tom Kerridge is? He's very irritating. He must be a chef or something, isn't he? Thank you, Fiona. Uh, Dave says Hawkwind are still touring at the age of 74. Blimey. Uh, they were at the uh, at Islington on Friday night. Great gig. No, sorry, it's uh, David Brock of Hawkwind is touring at the age of 74. That was from Patrick. Thank you very much indeed. I see no reason why people shouldn't. Uh, Paul McCartney's still touring, isn't he? And he's he's getting on a little bit, but then we don't seem to mind, do we? Because he's a he's a he's a Beatle, and the Beatles just go on for forever and ever. Uh, it's war on the uh, the shore, Geordie Shore. A couple of old uh, of old tarts there will be fighting. Charlotte Crosby and Marnie Simpson. I mean, who cares, really? It's just, it's a little bit uh, pathetic and a bit sad, and that's all they've got. Once these poor creatures get to the age of about 40, everything's going to be washed up for them. There'll be nothing left. They'll, have to, they'll be resorted to opening sort of saga holiday resorts and things like that. Uh, they reckon there could be a Myra Hindley stage play uh, being performed for British holidaymakers. Um, this is in Cyprus. And so they've done it over there very wise. I shouldn't imagine they'd actually get away with it over here. Uh, Lucy Mecklenburg, still dragging out that five seconds of fame, says she loves being single. 
Oh, of course you do, dear. Well, let's face it. I mean, people suddenly realise, don't they? And there was a piece in one of the papers today on somebody who went out with Amy Childs and then went out back with his ex-girlfriend because he suddenly realised that Amy Childs is so dim. There is nothing that you can talk about to her. I mean, absolutely nothing at all. I mean, I, I don't really know where, where you begin with, uh, with Amy Childs. There is nothing. It, it is so vacant between the ears. Seriously, the, the, the conversations would be monosyllabic. I don't think you'd actually get anything else out of her at all. And so uh, when you read about people in the papers going out with, with other people and you think, yeah, I don't know, and Lucy Mecklenburg goes, you know, I'm single. When we saw her, and I don't think she's improved much since, um, since she appeared on TOWIE, and where she spent most of the time because she was going out with little Mario Falcone, but he'd been out with just about everybody. And uh, she spent most of her time in tears. I don't believe things have improved at all since then. But it's, it's interesting for us. We like to sit back and watch. And if you deliberately put yourself up on the television and uh, set yourself up as some sort of guru or something, then we're right to be able to knock you down. A lot of people complaining about Rachel Riley. I think because she's, uh, she's a bit like that dreary who's on the one show. A little bit boring. And uh, they're now saying that her dresses aren't very sexy. And uh, so, have a, so I mean, if you seriously believe you're going to write into Countdown and she's going to start making her skirt shorter just to please you, I would, uh, I would give up now because it's not going to happen. Because I think she's married, isn't she, now? So all of a sudden she's going to go into old lady mode and you're going to have to start seeing her in a lot of really, really odd outfits. But I, I'm just a bit bored with, with Countdown. It's OK, but it, it is just a bit, a bit dreary, isn't it? A little bit dreary. Uh, the reason it is, it's the same thing every day. It's people going on there and you have to make up words and come up with words and that's where you just sort of kind of switch off. It's nice. Why are we losing so many stars in 2016? The dumbest question of the day. Uh, from the Express, you know, Glenn Fry, Terry Wogan, Alan Rickman, David Bowie, George Martin, Paul Daniels, Ronnie Corbett, Prince, Victoria Wood. The list goes on and on. And the answer is their heart stopped. You know, their heart stopped. That's why. Why are we losing so many stars? It's because years ago, we didn't have as many television stars as we've got now. So before, you would only report people who were, you know, in the government or people in the royal family or sort of people at the very top of their game. Now, you know, it'll be reported in the paper when Kerry Katona goes. Although actually not very much, probably just a line in the paper. She went. She was here. She went. End of that. Uh, Lots of uh, people talking about... Uh, Shakespeare, whether or not you believe Shakespeare wrote the stuff that he did, remains to be seen. There are lots of films about it. Looking at a picture of Prince in the Express today, this was taken in December, just gone. Completely different to the image that you've all seen. Uh, They say he was the master of the unexpected. Well, he probably was. But I didn't understand how it worked. I really didn't. I didn't understand the music. They say he was a devout man who was loved by all. Really? Really? I love the way they sort of, they, they proclaim these things to us and we're supposed to, to take it on board and go, oh, he was loved by everybody. Was he really? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. A bit like David Guest. Oh, he was loved by all. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Nobody liked him. Least of all, Liza Minnelli. And David Guest died at the age of 62. It's always tragic when somebody dies, of course. But let's not make him out to be something that he really wasn't. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, the fact that the marathon is today and people are going to be running and raising a lot of money for charity, which is always good news. And guess who is uh, still going at the age of 92? He's still up there. If anybody's had a career, this boy's had a career. This is Nicholas Parsons. He has. Uh, he says, I- I've never, I haven't even been on a plane he says, uh, usually you get DVT from travelling on aeroplanes. 
but I haven't even been on a plane. My poor wife has to give me an injection in the stomach every day and I have to walk with a stick, which makes me feel like an old man. But the brain is still very active, very, very active. We like Nicholas Parsons. He was a straight man to, uh, to a few comics. He was big boy. He was, you know, in his time... Big, big boy. Still big now. He's done the Rocky Horror Show. He's done everything, actually. The Maddie libel battle to go to the Human Rights Court. And uh, Mr and Mrs McCann's lawyer said the case had become political and toxic. To be honest with you, I'm a bit bored with it. I'm seriously a bit bored with it. I'm, I'm not too sure whether or not, you know, I'm interested anymore in the McCann's and the going backwards and forwards to court and spending all this money, which I don't think they should. I don't think they should, but that's their business. If that's what they want to spend their money on, then that's absolutely fine. Dame Vera Lynn has just got an award from Jeremy Vine. She's still going, isn't she? Unbelievable. Dame Vera Lynn. Crikey. And she must be well into her, well into her 90s. They don't actually say, I don't think, how old she is here. But they've got all sorts of people who turned up. There's people swimming for victory. Vicky Michelle... Uh, Admiral Williams, James Gillespie, Martin Townsend. Oh, we know Martin Townsend. Giovanni Richard, Steve White, Craig Howarth and Jeremy Vine. I don't think Jeremy Vine's going to be swimming anywhere soon. Uh, Paul Hollywood says, I'll sue you, Tinseltown. Uh, somebody tried to use his uh, surname as a brand. Uh, the great British Bake Off judge told the Graham Norton show how his name had whipped up a storm of protest in Hollywood until he threatened to sue because it is his surname. As I say, it's that desperate on the Graham Norton show now that uh, a man who cheats on his wife actually gets to be a guest star. Late, as usual, but who cares? It's Sunday, it's marathon day. You're probably still limbering up. A little bit of warm-up. You can do it to this programme. 12 minutes to... Coming up at 7 on LBC, Andrew Castle. Nigel Farage is preparing to rebrand UKIP as an online movement and make it possible for his supporters to use the internet to have a say on his party's policies. Is this desperate or is it a stroke of genius? Are they finished if we decide to stay in the EU because they failed? If we leave, it's job done. What next then for UKIP? Leading Britain's conversation, Andrew Castle, this morning from 7 on LBC. Andrew Castle with you this morning in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, hotly followed, as they say, by Katie Hopkins. Looking for, I've seen her outside, actually. She's dusting off her whip and broomstick, and she's getting ready to, to take battle and issue with you, which, of course, she did last week, and uh, very well she did too. So we're looking forward to a little bit more of the same. And uh, we love it, because all the people who don't like her hang on her every word, which always makes us laugh, actually. Uh, uh, a lot of people telling me about the sort of dustings of snow. I must mention uh, Phil Vickery. Good morning. He's up this morning, which is nice. And uh, I had another one, actually. Oh, Stephen, who tells me that Dame Vera Lynn is 99. Make, <laughs> makes it sound like an ice cream with a flake in it, doesn't it, really? I never knew why they called those 99s. I really didn't. Anyway, thank you, Stephen, very much indeed. And um, that was nice, wasn't it? So Phil's up this morning. I don't know if I want to eat anything today. Perhaps I might have a sort of a, a non-eating day. I've got to get some um, some coolant, some engine coolant for the car. Or failing that, I can't be bothered today. I'll whip it into the garage tomorrow and they can sort of uh, throw, a lot, throw a lot in. Uh, Carol's in Gerard's Cross. She said, I've listened to you for 30 years. Don't be so ridiculous. I'm not old enough to have been listened to for 30 years. I'm only 27, plus that. Uh, Marie says, you make me laugh. Thank you. Which is always good, isn't it, really? Uh, apparently, Carol's had a, a new hip 48 hours ago. My Joe, you'll be performing from the wardrobe later on today. The Vulcan Restoration Trust, once again holding their Visit the Vulcan Days at Southend Airport. 
And you can find out more about the role of the Vulcan XL426 and the role it played during the Cold War. Team members will guide you under the mighty Delta Wings to learn more about this very unique aircraft and a chance to learn more about the engineering and preservation work. So the open days, 24th of April, which is today, this is South, I think this is South End Airport, uh, 19th of June, Father's Day, 21st of August and 25th of September. Gates open 10am. This will be for certain people listening to this programme who are going to be going, that's where we're going today. They've got a website, I'll give you details in a sec. Gates open 10am. Adults and seniors... Four pounds, under 16s free. And if you want to go into the cockpit, there's an additional charge of £3.50. Take my word for it, you want to go into the cockpit. Seriously. For a lot of you uh, old boys out there, people who know all about the Vulcan, you're going to be going, I know. And there's going to be people there. I went to um, an airbase many, many years ago, and there was a guy sitting underneath this huge aircraft. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a bomber. It might have been a Lancaster or something like that. And he was sitting there in his, in his deck chair and he was selling copies of his, uh, his memoirs of his days as a pilot. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a huge book. And I had to buy one because I thought that might be the, the thing that sort of gets him through, you know, people buying these people's memoirs because that's, that's all they've got, a lot of them. So we're expecting you to, to dig deep. And I know that we do. I think we're very good in this country at digging deep. So if you want details about the, uh, the Vulcan at Southend Airport, uh, then it's Avro Vulcan, A-V-R-O Vulcan, V-U-L-C-A-N dot com, Avro Vulcan dot com, all right? And I hope you uh, enjoy your day down there. I know you will, actually. I know you will, because it's uh, it's special. Uh, Steve, this is the first time I've listened to you. You're my new favourite. Oh, God, that sounds like stalking to me. I never like things like that on a Sunday. It's uh, far too worrying. <laughs> far too worrying. Don't ever say that. It's like, I bump into people and they say, my mother's your biggest listener. And I go, are you sure? When they say biggest, I'm never too sure. And um, <laughs> uh, the other Danny Cohen said, you said when Kerry Coctona goes, it'll be a line in the newspapers. He said... What sort of line? Yes, <laughs> we can only hazard a guess, can't we? Uh, touring, most of the bands we see are in their 70s, says Noreen. Marty, Eden, Dave, Berry, Mike Berry, Brian, Highland, etc. are probably as good as most of the wannabes nowadays. Well, they can sing, can't they? That's the difference. The difference is they can sing. Uh, Malcolm reckons since we lost Richard Whiteley, Countdown has not been the same. Now, once you get used to somebody presenting something... You know, you do really, you, you just get used to their style, don't you? And uh, what are they going to be looking at today? I'm just having a quick look at Andrew Castle's uh, show. Uh, oh, good news today. Ian Coxon, the Sunday Times paper reviewer, is the Rich List editor. I think I have to be asking the question why I'm not in it. Once again, overlooked. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but it's just not good enough. I mean, I've, I've got my money saved in the bank and the piggy bank and everything else. But now you've got to move up a, a, a notch. Hence, Sasha Baron Cohen is now in it, and Lewis Hamilton. But Lewis Hamilton just looks as miserable as sin most of the time. £100 million. Pounds. Do you think that's... Is that cash in the bank? That's what I want to know. Is it cash in the bank, or is that, you know, taking into consideration all their assets and property and stuff like that? Well, that is that how it works? I don't know. Only guessing, aren't we? Only guessing. And so, no doubt, you'll find out... A little bit later on. Front page of the Express, why we lose uh, so many people, and we have done this year. And names in here I didn't expect. I mean, obviously, Ronnie Corbett, you know, because he was sort of getting on a bit. Terry Wogan was the shock. Bowie was the shock for us. Alan Rickman, uh, George Martin. You know, we, we like these. We want them to be around forever, don't we? I mean, the Queen's 90, and she's, uh, she's still going. Uh, the Observer, front page this morning's Barack Obama. 
and uh, why we should stay in the EU. I'm sure you've all got your own thoughts on that. The Daily Star, My Night with Idris, Busty Blonde's sad life of uh, of sort of bedding somebody famous or attempting to bed somebody famous or not bedding somebody famous and then selling it to a paper. Dear God, love, if you think that's fame, you really are in the wrong world, aren't you? Uh, the Mail on Sunday, free pull-out of the Queen's joyful birthday week. But the trouble is, she's been looking at these pictures for years. She sees these people all the time. Oh, look, it's another picture of Prince Charles. Oh, look, there's Diana. We never liked her. Uh, Boris Rage at Ridiculous Weird Obama. Uh, the Mirror, thoughtful Victoria's jokes with hospital patients. Yorkshire Ripper facing a new trial for 13 unsolved cases. Uh, Prince's final journey. It's in a rucksack because he was cremated. Uh, the People... Uh, is Harry Roberts signing mugshots for good... What sort of sick people want mugshot at 100 quid a time? Oh, I'll happily see the back of him in prison. Uh, and then some very tacky person, my romp with Prince in his death lift. I don't think it gets any worse than that. Man aces threesome bid with model. Then you see a picture of her, and you, you kind of send sympathy cards to her as well. That's for the sun on Sunday. The Sunday Times, super rich, hit by slump in fortunes. 11,000 jobs at risk as BHS teeters on the brink. I'm surprised it's still there, to be brutally honest with you. Seriously, I went in there a short while ago. There was nobody, absolutely nobody. It's kind of lost its way, and I think they were. I thought they were actually going to be selling them off. Just about it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. If you're running the marathon today, good luck. If you're going down to see the uh, the bomber down there, at uh, you know, oh dear, uh, another one here. Somebody says, uh, Vera Lynn born March 1917. 1917. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Oh, no, tell her, Fib. I'm going to be back with you this evening at nine o'clock for In Conversation. Uh, braised pork belly today for Phil Vickery. Yumma, yumma, yumma. I had uh, haddock yesterday, which is my favourite now. I loved it. Listen, have a super day if you're running in the marathon. Good luck. Hope you raised lots of money for charity and you managed to get through without freezing yourself to death. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are, by downloading the free LBC app for mobile or tablet. Leading Britain's Conversation at 10. She's back. So good first time round, second time for Katie Hopkins. But right now, it's Andrew